0: Thursday, March 15th, March Madness. It starts today. Al, when does Michigan play tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. That's that's fun. Friday night, you have nothing to do. You'll be sitting there watching the game.
1: Yeah. How do you know he has nothing to do on a Friday night? <laughs> because because I'm clearing my schedule. this to do uh-huh. on Friday night. Okay. Yeah. Got
0: it. I'm happy for you. I'm looking forward. I'm going to be rooting for them. Be, be happy for me when they win. Yeah, I got them winning two games. I think I told you that. Sweet 16. And I, of course, like everyone else, Kentucky over North Carolina. I don't know. I couldn't do anything original.
2: That's your final? Yeah. That's my final too. We should be. You should be very scared. Who are the other two? Because my brackets get uh, busted every year. <laughs> <It's same here.
0: laughs> Who are your other two? Um,
2: let's see. I know I got Michigan State. Yeah, I think me I might, too. I think I might actually have all number ones, which is really Syracuse? seriously boring. No, you know what? You're right. I have Syracuse going
0: out. Ohio I have to State. Go... Florida State. Uh, which one was it? Ohio State? Ohio State. Right, I went
1: with Vanderbilt. Scott? I had the three ones and then Florida State. Florida, uh, I, actually, I actually have Florida State going to the no, finals. No, they're very
0: good. They're very good. Um, I hate them, but they're playing great right now. Welcome to the show, everybody. Friday, the big day in theaters as Seeking Justice is coming out. How far would you go to take justice in your own hands? Nicolas Cage answers that in the action-packed Vengeance thriller starring Cage, January Jones, and Guy Pierce. It's rated R, opens in theaters tomorrow, March 16th. Uh, we are talking spring losers today. We talked about some players who did very well, are doing very well in spring training. That was yesterday. Today we focus on the negative. We want you to follow us on Twitter. That's positive, at CBS Scott White at Al Melk, C B S, Al M E L C C B S, at Adam Azer, A I Z E R, at C B S Fantasy B B, Facebook.com slash C B S Sports Fantasy Baseball and fantasy baseball at C B S interactive dot com. I think we should talk about in season a little bit. We've been a four podcast a week kind of show. We're going five. We're going big time. We're going to be a daily show um, Monday through Friday. And that's going to be great. And we're also that social media is going to be important. We're going to be looking for social media for some uh, some questions, for some feedback, for some ideas. And uh, get involved with us throughout the year. We really look forward to interacting with you. And put podcasts in the subject line. Send us an email at fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. I think I've spoken enough. Let's get to the analysts here. What do we know about David Wright, who for the moment is going in round four in head-to-head leagues and round three in roto leagues? Has anything
1: changed? Well, we know he has a torn abdominal muscle, much like the one Ryan Zimmerman had last year. He seems to think he'll still be ready for opening day, which obviously would mean no surgery. Um, But the Mets seem to think that, too. Whether or not you, as somebody drafting him, still in the early rounds, he went in the fifth in the head-to-head league we just had yesterday. Whether or not you want to believe that is another matter I would be I I was already skeptical of drafting him this just gives me even more reason to be Zimmerman or right well now I'm going on the Zimmerman side It's funny because I was yeah one of our
2: disputes in our rankings but now I'm on your side so you've kind of <laughs> yep. flipped out. I've, I've absolutely flipped. This really uh, frightens me to uh, to draft right because, uh, like Scott said, first of all, you know, there's a question of whether or not you believe he'll be op- ready for opening day, and I think this is going to affect his performance if he tries to play through it.
0: And at what point do you take him I- at the sixth round? At what point does he fall and have good enough value where you say, "Okay, I'll roll the dice." That sounds about right to me. Um, you know, you got to
2: get through the that tier where Wright would normally belong with Zimmerman and Euclidus, Brett Laurie. Um At this I point, would, I might take Pablo Sandoval ahead of him. So you'd say those three and Sandoval ahead of him? Th- those three for sure.
1: Maybe and, I, and I think
2: really if the rubber meets the road, um, I'm probably playing it safe and taking Sandoval.
1: That's probably about what I'd do too. I'd still take Wright ahead of Arod, rod um, and I'd take him ahead of Aramis and, and Bonifacio as much as I like Bonifacio. <laughs> um but but yeah, behind Zimmerman, behind uh Lawry, of course. If the rubber meets the road. I like that. Well I
2: think the rubber pretty much always meets the road. Yeah, what does that it's mean like- really? <laughs> like if push comes to shove Yeah. You,
1: you, okay. Wow. It's a new expression on you, huh?
0: I think so. I'm not sure I've yeah. ever I'm not sure I've ever heard that one. That's mm. is that like a Midwest thing? Must be. <laughs> We all drive all the time. Thing, it's a southern I don't know. thing. I don't know. Yeah, Al's been everywhere, so who knows? Um, all I know right. where yeah, I that Josh up. Hamilton has a heel injury. Any concerns here? Josh Hamilton has a blank injury. It's always like, yeah,
2: you know, that's pretty much how I look at it. I mean, supposedly he's day to day. I'm a little more cautious about it. Uh, you know, if I were drafting today, I, I might downgrade him just a, a, just a little bit, maybe a round, wait an
0: extra round on him. Victorino or Hamilton? Uh still Hamilton. Salvador Perez, a lateral meniscus tear in his knee. He's a late-round pick. He might be an ale-only kind of guy. But I think you liked him, right, Al? Yeah, I liked him. Um, not as the
1: number one guy for this year. Really, really like him for keeper leagues. Yeah. But- and yeah. uh, he's a good source. Of, I would think he's going to be a good source of batting average as a catcher, which is hard to find at that position. So I would say he's he's still worth drafting as a second catcher in in mixed leagues even.
0: Now he might start the year on the DL, but this is not a, a horrible... Yeah,
1: I would expect him to, but this is the same injury. Chipper Jones and A-Rod both had surgery mid-season, came back. Chipper Jones came back better than A-Rod did. But uh, yeah, it's not a long-term thing. I would expect him to miss no more than a month. So here's some big
0: news. Michael Pineda, he could end up in the minors to start the season. He has options. This is what Joe Girardi said before Freddie Garcia hurt his hand yesterday. I think he got hit by a comebacker. So I don't. I don't know personally. I don't see Pineda starting in the minors. But his velocity hasn't been great. Scott, what do you make of this?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't make a whole lot of it. Um, I think the combination of it and the velocity would caused me to bump him back further in, in the same tier he's already in. I'm telling uh, you. But, <laughs> you know, velocity down, we're still talking low 90s, has only made two spring starts, so there, there's still time for that to get back on track. He showed up overweight, obviously. They might be trying to motivate him by saying this, um, but as much as they gave up for him when clearly they've been looking for a front-line starting pitcher, it seems hard to believe to me, that they demote him. And Jacob
0: Turner, he has shoulder tendonitis. We alluded to this yesterday. So if you compare him to other rookie pitchers, um, does he drop clearly below, say, Drew Pomerantz, who has seven scoreless spring innings? And then what about Peacock and and Parker and Trevor Bauer? Yeah. He was behind all... Four for me,
2: it even was. before this. See, and I do take a different perspective because I don't know that he was behind. He was behind certainly some of them. Uh, I would say Pomeranz and Bauer. Uh, I did like his chances this year better than Parker and Peacock before this injury, but he's going to miss at least a week. And so that means that he, he has, at this point, the slimmest of chances to be on the opening day roster. And that's, that's not good because for me what gave him an edge was having a job on opening day. And so now it's a question of you know when can he work his way back into the rotation if somebody like Andrew Oliver or Dwayne Belo grabs the chance and runs with it, you know it could be a while before we we see Turner. So yeah, at this point I probably do put him to the back of the queue. Of the P- group. Pomerantz way ahead of the group. He's got the best
0: chance right now to, to have a starting job. Bad hitters and bad pitchers. One of the things you're going to notice in this bad hitter segment. The Braves are not having a good spring training at the plate.
1: <laughs> I think they won their second game yesterday. I think oh. it was just number two for them. Yeah, not not at the struggling. plate, not on the mound. That's right. <laughs> we did say Mike
0: Miner is having a good spring and looks like he's going to get a rotation spot right now. But uh, the hitters hasn't been very good. But we'll start out with, well, I, I consider this guy to be the biggest loser right now. All these stats are entering Thursday as we're recording on Thursday morning. National shortstop Ian Desmond Twenty-six at bats, no walks, nine nine strikeouts, batting one ninety-two. I mean, he's going real late anyway, but he's got to take almost almost every shortstop ahead of him now, right? I mean, he's been terrible. Yeah, not necessarily just because of those stats, but last season
2: was a disappointment for Desmond. And it's interesting, I got a question on Twitter uh, yesterday about Anthony Rendon, who's naturally a third baseman, but they've got Zimmerman locked up long-term. And they asked, well, where's, Rendon, where's his future position? And everything I've read indicates it's going to be second base, and he's even been playing there, and I think even a little shortstop this spring. Yeah. And I think the odd guy out, not necessarily this season, although it could maybe be, maybe be later this year, um, would be Desmond. Because I don't think Danny Espinosa is going anywhere, and he can play shortstop. He Better sh- than Desmond, probably. Probably, yeah. So, I mean, I think Desmond could be on a
1: very, very short leash so this he's year. He's not really draftable. Um, he's draftable, but I, I pretty much expect him to lose this job this year or get traded. If not because of Rendon, mm-hmm. uh, they also like Steven Lombardazzi a lot. So, one or the other, um, after the year he had, I don't I don't see him having a good year.
0: Hey, how about those Braves? Freddie Freeman, 3 for 26, 1 walk, 8 strikeouts. Jason Hayward is below 200, slugging 355. Tyler Nicky is 3 for 30. And just to throw it in for fun, Matt Diaz is hitting one for 167. He's 4 for 24. Where do we begin here? Are you Actually, not going to read the rest of your notes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next to Matt Diaz, I just put loser. I don't know why I did yeah, it that. That doesn't have anything to That's do with his nice. alma mater, does it? Where is he from? Florida State, I Oh, think. he is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he's a loser. <laughs> now, I feel, now I feel much more confident in that. Where do we start? I mean, Freddie Freeman has been a guy that Al likes a lot more than Scott. He's been a good topic for debate. Al, are you uh, worried at all about his spring?
2: I'm not, and I think this might be a good time for me to break out a little list I've compiled here. It's a very little <laughs> okay. list. Guys who stunk a year ago in spring training. Okay. All right. And among the hitters, we had uh, Robinson Cano putting up a... Uh, Impressive two thirty six two seventy eight three eighty two slash line, not very good. Nope. Justin Upton had a a pretty mediocre spring. Jeff Francoeur and Josh Willingham both had really poor springs, and they both went on to arguably their best seasons. So, and then pitchers Matt Garza a ten plus ERA, Cole Hamill six point six seven ERA. So, are
1: you saying that nobody should listen to today's show? Well, I would never say that. <laughs> I, I just think more than anything, you you have to put. Each player's stats in the yeah, right context. Exactly. It, it means more for some players than others. I, You know, I, I'm not big on Freeman this year, but I agree that for him, uh, this poor spring is meaningless. To be honest, these spring
0: training stats, at least this early in spring training, sometimes it's just a good excuse to talk about players yeah. that we haven't talked about. I mean, I think Jason Hayward...
1: J- Jason Hayward's a good example. Yesterday, I was worried about him a little because obviously... He was terrible at the plate last year. His swing was all messed up, supposedly corrected in the offseason, and he had only, like, three hits. Yesterday, he homers and doubles. The homer, I'm not sure about the double, but the homer was off Steven Strasburg, so... Oh, he's on the list. I know, he's on the list. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that, that that kind of performance is enough t- for me to, to renew my confidence that, yeah, maybe Hayward's going to be okay. And, and all it took was one game like that, so... Yeah, well... It's
0: a big day for the Braves. They got their second win. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Good thing. What about Pastor Nicky? See, no. th-
2: yeah, this one matters because yeah. he's been so dreadful, and I think defensively too, um, that they're giving a, a guy, an A-ball guy a chance. Andrelton and- and- Simmons ah, almost didn't get that out. <laughs> I think they're calling him Andy. Maybe we need to switch to that. Okay. But uh, Simmons has uh, given them some pause for thought uh, as to whether or not he should be the, the starter this year.
1: And it's a good point. Obviously, he hasn't advanced as far as Pastor Nicky, but he's a better prospect. And he's they're actually the same age, which surprised me, considering he was further behind. So uh, they've been known to demote, promote shortstops from a ball. To the opening day roster, they did it with Rafael for call back in 2000, I think it was. So, uh, yeah, that's something to watch in, in all only leagues. Desmond or Pastor Nicky?
0: Desmond I, will have a
1: job. Yeah. Desmond or for call? I would probably go for call. Me too.
0: Pirates first baseman Yonder Alonso is hitting 250 with one walk and eight strikeouts, two extra base hits and 28 at bats. I think you say Pirates, by the way. Padres. Oh, Padres. I yeah. said Pirates. Okay. I wrote Padres. Pirates are Padres first base. There he is. <laughs> I'm messing you up. <laughs> Padres first base and Yonder Alonso. Concerned at all? He's getting ready for Petco Park.
2: Diminishing <laughs> his uh, No, I'm not I'm not I'm more concerned by the move to Petco than I am by,
0: by the spring numbers. How about Paul Goldschmidt hitting one twenty seven, eight strikeouts, and twenty three at bats, one extra base hit? Compare Goldschmidt and Yonder
1: Alonso. Mm, I I think I'd probably still go Goldschmidt because, again, the Petco Park factor for Alonzo is so big that there's there's definitely a limit to what he can do. I, I I just don't see him hitting 20 homers playing half his games there. When Goldschmidt, you know, I, I worry about his batting average anyway, but I think the power is enough that he could he could surprise with a 30 homer season right away. I'm not projecting that for him necessarily, but it's it's within the realm of possibility. How about Goldschmidt or Matt Gammel, who was on our hot list yesterday? See, I think Goldschmidt's slump and versus Gammel's great start to spring training might be enough to lean me more in Gamel's direction. Also the third base eligibility, actually, that alone uh, yeah. puts me in, in the Gammel corner. Goldschmidt or Adam Dunn? Goldschmidt. Dunn's having a pretty good spring, though. He hit a second homer yesterday. He's hitting 300. It, again, we're talking 20 at bats, basically. Yeah, well,
0: but he could be on next week's show.
1: He's it, still it's trending it's up. yeah, it's it's um, it's obviously more encouraging than not. I feel like I would take a shot on Adam Dunn.
0: If I just if I felt good about my team late in the draft, I, I'd take a shot. Why at not?
1: this point, I'd, I'd be more likely to take a shot on him than Mourno, really, who. Uh, yeah, you want talk about guys having bad springs. Three for twenty two, no extra base hits. Yikes. It's Not just good. it's kinda of depressing really.
0: Uh Mitch Moreland is hitting two oh eight. You know what, I just saw him, I said we haven't really spoken about Mitch Moreland. AL only value, what's his deal? Yeah, AL only
2: value, and I, I worry a lot about Moreland. He's coming off of a wrist injury, which, of course, is tricky all into itself. They have The Rangers have so much depth in terms of guys that they can move around uh, outfield first base DH. They've got an overload of outfielders, so they can move Michael Young to first base full-time, put somebody else in the DH slot. And, um, you know, between the injury, and I just think that Moreland overperformed two years ago, maybe set up some unrealistic expectations. And I think if he gets off to a slow start, or if the injury is a nagging
0: one for him, uh, he could uh, he could lose his job. Who else is struggling
1: this spring amongst hitters? I know
0: you mentioned Justin Morneau,
1: Scott. Who, well, anyone else? Yeah, a couple who are kind of in the mix for starting jobs. Brian Lahaire for the Cubs pretty much has it. Um, and has kind of been a deep considered a deeper sleeper in the Kila-Kai-Hui right. mold because his minor league numbers are ridiculous. Um, but so far, he's three for 20, no extra base hits, no walks, and seven strikeouts. And this was a guy who, who was known for a high on-base percentage. Um, so for, for a low-end player like that... Um, Maybe before the start of spring, I was starting to get kind of optimistic about him. Now I'm starting to get pessimistic again. Anthony Rizzo having a good spring. Again, the Cubs seem committed to him, but I, I could really see him going the direction of Kiahui. And That's Brian Lahare. Yes, right? and uh, Nolan Arenado only three for 21. All three of the hits are doubles, but still, um, when... It's it's important to note because obviously he's considered the the heir at third base there, but with Casey Blake's neck injury going on, um, you got Brandon Wood and Jordan Pacheco having good springs. I don't think Arenado really stands a chance at this point of of uh, being the one to take Blake's place if Blake ultimately proves he's not going to be healthy enough to play. And of course, we're talking about. Colorado and now we'll talk about bad pitchers and just to
0: just to kind of put a disclaimer on this Roy Halladay, Tim Lincecum, they've been bad. I don't think anybody's concerned. So let's get to Steven Strasburg, 7.45 ERA. Six strikeouts in nine and two-thirds, which originally I looked at and I didn't think that was that good, but then I looked at the strikeout numbers for some of the other pitchers and six strikeouts in nine and two-thirds isn't really that bad right now because I guess velocity's still not there. I'm sure guys aren't striking out as many hitters as we're going to see in the regular season. That's a really good point.
2: Um you know the hitters are always ahead of the pitchers, even though they they report later um it does take the pitchers a lot longer to get into uh in season shape, so I think there's something to be said for that, and maybe you know even though I you know gave you a list a short list of hitters last year who had poor springs and they were fine in the regular season, I think you maybe even view the the spring stats with even more suspicion for pitchers. So, the
0: Strasburg thing, does it mean anything to you?
2: Not really. I, I mean, I, I have to admit, you know, when I saw particularly, you know, last night or yesterday the, you know, the poor start against the Braves, it's, it makes you, you scratch your head. But, <laughs> and
0: those are the Braves. I mean, they can't hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: well, yeah, I mean, the spring. But, you know, in the end, uh, even that's probably a little bit of an overreaction on my part. So, yeah, nothing to be concerned about yet.
0: Here's another person I wanted to put on the list just to talk about him because last year this was like my sleeper guy. I really wanted to take him, and he was dreadful. And this year I just kind of feel like maybe something will click. But Jay Happ for the Astros, 15 hits and 8 and 2 3 and I put a sad face on the notes because I'm sad about it.
1: Well, I'm glad you owned yeah. up to the emoticon there. <laughs> yeah. You
0: could just let that let that slide.
1: I don't. Yeah. I don't think he's even gotten drafted in our NL only leagues. That's how down people are on him. And I uh, might I take him, him in my 20 team league. You know, with my last pick, y- you could do worse. <laughs> but um, I don't really have high hopes for him. But he's. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, but he's he's a guy,
2: again, where I think this matters more than many others because the Astros, believe it or not, do have something of a crowded rotation situation, so a really poor spring from Hap could open the door for Jordan Lyles or maybe even somebody like Zach Duke or um, Kyle Weiland, who we talked about yesterday.
0: Hmm, Maybe I won't draft him. Maybe I'll draft Jordan Lyles. Mets starting pitcher Dylan G. 10 hits, 5 earned runs, and 9 innings. Another guy that we haven't really talked too much about. Scott? Well, he
1: actually just had a pretty good start yesterday. I don't remember the line exactly, um, but I think he had like five Ks and three or four innings. Not that he's even a K pitcher, so I don't even know where I'm going with that. I don't think Dylan G is very good. <laughs> I think he'll probably be, uh, if if it's just a performance issue, he'll probably be the first Met to lose his job in that starting rotation, um, so I'm not drafting him.
0: Yankees starting pitcher Ivan Nova, and I do believe his last outing was was good after getting off to a slow start. But six two three ERA in three outings, kind of an interesting pitcher. I don't really know even even a guy who's seen him a lot. I don't really know what to what to make of him. It's not like he's electric, but he's good. He's solid. What do you guys think about Nova?
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a good description. I mean, he I think he relies a lot on location and. Um you know, getting some sinking action on his two-seamer and getting a lot of ground ball outs, and that's that's you know really what's helped him rise uh, up to the major league level. Uh, you know, I would think Nova would be more vulnerable at this point than Pineda would be. So the fact that Girardi came out and made that statement about Pineda to me is a, a plus for Nova that he seems to have
0: some some job security. Yeah. I think he'll be fine. That's a good point. Um, Indian starting pitcher Josh Tomlin, sixteen hits in eight innings. Definitely had uh, moments of being. Serviceable last year, he was good at times and not so good right now in spring. Al, does that worry you? Uh, a little bit um, because he's a pitch
2: to contact guy, and it seems like if anybody would be, um, you know, prone to having uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, a high whip in spring or you know a lot of hits, uh, it would might be Tomlin. But um, you know, he's got a job. I, I don't think he's really in danger of lose, losing it at least until the former Fausto Carmona returns. So, Roberto uh, Hernandez, is it? Yes. Okay. So, uh, you know, I don't know if this makes me that much lower on Tomlin, but I'm to me, he's a low end AL only guy this year.
0: Do You have anything to add? Or no? Hey, let's go back to Nova real quick. Just looking at his ADP, Nova right ahead, uh, right before Brandon McCarthy. Good, bad? Got a beef with that?
1: I would take McCarthy before I Nova. I would too.
0: Santana, Johan Santana, or Nova?
1: I, I guess I'd take Nova there, but it's it's getting closer the the more I, Santana pitches this spring. I think.
0: Burley or Nova?
1: Nova. Yeah, I'll take Nova. The main thing you're talking about with Nova is is the wins potential with the right. Yankees. Obviously, went 16 and four last year. Um, but I I tend to to emphasize everything else ahead of wins. Which is why I'd go for a guy like McCarthy, who you want to think would have much win potential with the Athletics. Um, and pretty much every time it's it's a decision like that. Yeah, I'm going to go that direction.
2: And how about that new Florida Marlins song? <laughs> it's not the Florida Marlins song, according to the Florida
1: Marlins. Oh, really? Yeah. Easy for they're them. D- to they're denying it. It's just somebody just made a song. Apparently. Of course. If, the, it's they're... easy for them to say that now. <laughs> But if you don't know what we're talking about yeah. out there in podcast land, you need to check it out. Yeah, it's it's, it's in our blog
0: or you can just google it this, <laughs> this Florida Marlins
1: song. You will either if you're a Marlins fan, you'll stop being a Marlins fan. If you're <laughs> not a Marlins fan, you'll feel Bad for Marlins fans. Yeah. Embarrassed for the whole organization. It, it's it's enough to undo all the goodwill they earned with the new stadium. It's not that and the play. bad. It's really bad. I it is that bad. Maybe if you couple start, it with the home run feature. Yeah. See the it to me the home run feature is kind of growing on me a little. I don't know. <laughs> I see it out there in center field. I, I think what? I, I think when what? it's not the center of attention and it's just kind of in the backdrop. Yeah. It it, it, it kind of isn't so you bad. Know, that's how I feel about the uniforms now. I didn't like them at first. They've really grown on me.
0: You know, My dad has a Marlins hat, and I love it. I think it's very cool. I'm starting to get into it. I, I like the Marlins, Al. I like the Marlins. I don't like uh, everything
2: they've done this no, season like
0: off the but... field. Uh, <laughs> I didn't but... like the Reyes signing.
2: Well, yeah, but that's... Too much money. Oh, okay, so that's not from the perspective of a, of a Mets fan or anything.
0: But no, you're not, no, you're, no, I'm not a Mets fan. You're not a Mets fan. No, so. just too much money. <laughs> Chris Sale eight runs in seven and a third. Is this a significant one?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's on the more significant end than than some of these because uh, I don't think it's it's one hundred percent certain he's going to have a rotation spot. Probably ninety percent certain, and because we haven't seen him start in professional baseball yet, uh, majors or minors, there's. You can't be positive he's going to be able to handle it. And, uh, you know, I'd still draft him as a sleeper particularly in head-to-head leagues where he has the RP eligibility, but um, I want to see more from him, yeah. To the
0: Reds rotation, Homer Bailey, nine runs in seven and a third. Mike Leek, 15 hits and six earned runs in seven innings. And these are both guys I really,
2: really like going into the spring, going into early drafts. It doesn't change that much for me. Obviously, I'd like to see better stats from both Bailey and Leak. But um, the Reds do not seem overly enthusiastic about getting Chapman into the rotation uh, early this year.
1: So I'm, I'm not too worried he's, about it. He's having a pretty good spring, though. It's worth noting. Yeah. Chapman is. Um, but, but in the case of both Bailey and Leak, most of the damage was in one really bad start for each and and so two out of the three they're looking pretty good and also they're playing in Arizona Cactus League that's another reason why pitcher stats tend to be worse than hitter stats because you got that whole half of spring training playing in a hitter's paradise Um, so yeah I'm not I'm more worried for Bailey since he doesn't 100% have a job but Leak I'm not worried about at all. Leak or Mike Miner? I'd, le- I'd still go Leak. I would yeah? too.
0: Well, it's interesting because Miner's going well ahead of him. Mike Miner's going 225 and Leak 269th overall. That's People
1: love the strikeout. Is that yeah. in head-to-head? Yeah. That's surprising to me because strikeouts are worth less in head-to-head than Roto, and yet innings are worth more in head-to-head than Roto. And Leak is a guy who was going 7-8 innings at times last year so Mike Leek or Phil Hughes I'm to the point now where I'm gonna take Leak over Hughes even and I liked Hughes a lot coming into spring training taking a leak <laughs> gotta
0: love it <laughs> so somehow I had to go there right yeah <laughs> I was restraining myself okay uh let's read some emails I got a lot of emails today baseball at cbsinteractive.com Kevin in Devon, Pennsylvania. I know we've answered this question before, Kevin, but we'll do it again just for you. Are there any guys whose ballpark situation had, is, has improved so drastically that I'm forgetting to pay attention to him? Who is this year's Aaron
1: Harang? My first guess would be Edinson Volquez because That's he's, was he's going say. to that same park. Um, he still needs to improve his control to be a, a mixed league guy, but at the same time, you can you can kind of get away with bad control in that park more so than others. Well, that's also why I like Mark Burley going from Chicago to Florida, but you
0: guys said I overpaid for him in the auction leagues. I paid five bucks. but he he gets he does get a bump,
2: um, I mean, maybe not that much, but you know he's, he's more relevant in mixed leagues this year than he was a year ago, largely just because of the move.
0: Any other names that come out at you?
2: You know, I was scanning my brain to remind myself, you know, the guys going to those good pitchers' parks, we're assuming that the Marlins will have a really good pitchers' park. And, uh, yeah, I'm coming up empty because the Cardinals' rotation is, is going to be the same, basically, except you got Wayne right back. Um, Royals, I can't think of uh, – I don't think it, Sanchez is moving from a, another good pitchers' park. So, no, I think, yeah, you, you hit probably the Twins. big two. Oh, that's a good one, too. Um Marquee, but I'm yeah, I'm not going sad. near Marquee. Yeah. So, no, I think uh, Volquez and Bureli are probably the, the big two there.
0: Mike from Fresno. Dear Fantasy Dundies, I just had my draft in a 10-team mixed league, and I waited pretty late to get my outfield. How do you think this group will hold up? I only have to start three. So outfielders in a 10-team mixed league. Justin Upton in the third round. Jay Bruce in the 8th, Hayward in the 15th, Adam Jones in the 18th, Lucas Duda in the
1: 20th. I love it. I I think that's a a great outfield. Upton in the 3rd round is a bargain right off the bat. And then even skipping Bruce in the 8th round, Hayward I think is going to be a good starter this year. And even skipping Adam Jones, I think Duda, (laughs) you know how much I like him. I I actually reached for him in the 12th round in our head-to-head mock draft yesterday. I, I just felt like... I I had already missed out on Logan Morrison, who I like a lot, and I just felt like I couldn't afford to do that with Duda, too. So I knowingly reached for him by a good eight rounds. Wow. That's that's crazy. (laughs) I would probably reach for him by four rounds anyway. I mean, you get to a point where... Once you get to to say the sixteenth round, you know a projected twentieth rounder could easily yeah. be a sixteenth rounder. It just depends on the attitudes of the people drafting. Obviously, I'm drafting with a bunch of coworkers who <laughs> uh, have access to all my stuff, and I've been talking <laughs> up Lucas Duda. I I pretty much had no choice to uh, go for him, but to go for him that early if I wanted to make sure I got him. But getting back to the question here, <laughs> we love it. Yeah, Duda's going to be a starter for you, and if not, you still have Adam Jones to fall back on.
0: We love it. All right, Mike in Fort Lauderdale. I'm currently in a keeper league, 12-team, 6x6 categories, which allows us to keep a minimum of one player and a maximum of six. If you keep one player, you lose your first-round pick, regardless of the player. If you keep two, you lose your first and your second-round picks. Three players, you lose first, second, and third, etc., Now I have a pool of seven players I'm thinking of keeping, but I'm not sure whether they are worth losing a top six-round pick. Uh, You get the point. The players are Carlos Santana, Joe Maurer, Michael Morse, Carl Crawford, Tommy Hansen, Michael Pineda, and John Lester. Santana is a definite. That's about it. I'm leaning towards Pineda as well. Is anyone else worth keeping to lose a second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth-round pick? So he'll be losing a first-round pick for Santana, but he says take into account all the studs at each position are going to be gone. Um, so what do you think here? Santana, Mauer, Morris, Crawford, Hanson, Pineda, Lester.
2: Yeah, this is tough because if he didn't have to keep the minimum of one, I wouldn't keep any of them because I wouldn't want to lose a first rounder for any of them. So he's making the right move by making Santana the first guy. And then after that, he's saying Pineda maybe. Um, be Pineda or Lester. You know what? I, no, it'd just be Santana for me. I would, I think I could upgrade by keeping my second round pick.
0: Hey, Adam, Scott, now. This is from Joe in Rhode Island. I love the show. Wish you were doing one every day. We will be once the season starts, my friend. I have an option to pick up Josh Johnson for a draft pick swap. Do you think Josh Johnson stays
1: healthy this year? I do. I think um, the injury concerns with him have been overrated. I, I don't think Johnson was I, – I think he was healthier last year than the Marlins let on. They were preserving him for this season. I think if they were in contention, they would have – brought him back at some point maybe even like six weeks later so i like what i've seen from him this spring i trust johnson from kyle hello fantasy experts
0: i have an auction strategy question i'm in a 13 team mixed roto standard roster with a 1500 innings max four starting pitchers two relief pitchers and one pitcher of any kind and 13 batters 260 dollar budget I play lots of fantasy hockey and football with the same group of guys. I won football. I'm winning hockey this year. I would love to complete the triple play. So he wants to know our thoughts on this strategy. Um, my normal strategy is $200 for bats, 60 for pitching. Buy two stud batters, three closers with safe players everywhere else. But I've never won the pool. Because, uh, the best I've done is second. So can you please keep in mind, can you please give me some advice on what to do? Keep in mind, in this pool, the elite top five to seven guys tend to go for $50-plus. All right, sorry. So, basically, what should he do in this auction with $260 budget? I didn't have to read all that other stuff.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, I like his his approach in general. The only thing I would do is I just think he's skimping on pitching just a little. Starting pitching, in particular, a little too much. He's going to need to spend a little bit more than 60 so...
1: That's uh, what you say, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I, makes us different. I would never spend as much as 60 in on pitching in a mixed league. Well, auction. why don't
0: you – you know what, Kyle? I will refer you to Wednesday's podcast. That was our auction strategy show, and we, we covered that yeah, pretty in-depth, so I, I, I think that will help. Rob from L.A., Dear Fantasy Beach Bums. I somehow drafted Tulo in the – we're not Beach Bums. I I don't I never go to the beach. It's
1: weird, right?
0: Yeah, when you grow up near the beach.
1: I, not that I, I grew up near the uh, beach. I grew obviously. up, you know,
0: 20, 30 minutes from the beach, like most people down here. Right. I live two it's, blocks away, so I. It's me. It try to mean take anything. advantage hey, of it. Do you go a lot? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Really? I mean, not just you know to, All right, to dear go Fantasy hang out, beach Bum. Yeah, oh, this is for me. All right. Yeah,
0: I somehow drafted Tulo in the second round in my 10-team mixed league. I was just offered CC Sabathia and Starlin, Cra- Starlin Castro for him. Should no,
2: I it no, keep Tulo.
0: That's a <laughs> wow, fantastic value, and don't trade him for that package. Zach in London. Which MLB team has the best overall pitching staff? Taking into account run support, park factors, etc.? So best pitching staff fantasy-wise.
1: Uh, that's uh... Phillies and Rays, I think, have to be in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think you still have to go with the Phillies just because they have three of the top fifteen guys. My second pick would probably be the Angels because oh, yeah. the back of the Rays staff, Neiman and Wade Davis up in the air. They're they're both late rounders. When the Angels pitching staff, you got four guys there, um, including Irvin Santana, who are all going to be gone by what the end of the eighth round.
2: Yeah, now I'm not. That crazy about the Angels bullpen, though. So I think it's it's closer, yeah. you know, than the than the rotations might make it look. But I mean, you were asking best overall. I think I think you're right. The Phillies,
0: Giants are up there. Braves maybe.
1: Mm, Braves have so many injury risks. I can't put them up there in fantasy. Although they have the potential to get there. Giants. <laughs> They got Barry Zito at the back now, and I don't really trust Ryan Vogel's song. A good bullpen.
0: Yeah, but this is the thing. I mean, Um, big park,
1: big park, good bullpen, little
2: run support. Yeah, Yeah. I I think they're pretty close to on a par with the Angels, but better bullpen. the The Giants have a better bullpen. I like the Angels more.
0: From Sam, greetings, fantasy baseball experts. I'm in an eight-team six by six league with on-base percentage and losses being the extra categories, how will on-base percentage and losses affect my draft? Which was yesterday. Sorry. But um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, how, just in general, you go into a draft
1: with OBP and losses being extra categories. Well, I, I would probably... I'm usually not someone who's scared away by pitchers, starting pitchers on bad teams as long as they pitch well, but there's a higher chance of them getting losses that way. Obviously, Matt Latos was a good pitcher most of last year. I think he went 9-14, and 14, and that that's more likely to happen on a bad team than a good. Um, on base percentage, I, I emphasize guys who walk a lot anyway, but when it's one of the categories, you you pretty much have to do it. So Adam Jones is going to fall. Uh, Jeff Francor is going to fall further than he already is because they don't walk at all. Um, Delman Young, I probably wouldn't even consider drafting at any point. Even more incentive to draft Carlos Santana in the first two rounds. There's that. That's the opposite of it. Yes. Him. and, and, And there are a lot of catchers though, who draw a lot of walks and have pretty good
2: OBP. I mean, I'm not, not disputing that point, but I think it actually has a bigger impact at shortstop where there are so many impatient slap hitters that, um, You know, the guys who are decent at drawing walks. um, You know Escobar. He
0: definitely, Escobar is the first one that comes to mind. Marco Scudero. Felix Hernandez, does he get a lot of losses? I mean, I know he doesn't get that many wins. He's
1: usually, uh, I think he was in double-digit losses last year, and and I know he was the year he won the Cy Young, right? Um, Right, right. So... (laughs) <laughs> I guess you'd have to downgrade him a little. I mean, you yeah. wouldn't want to go overboard with it because he's so good in so many other areas, but I guess you'd have to. Let
0: me read a couple more here. Uh, let's see. From Scott, I can keep Kemp. This is a Roto League trade evaluation. I can keep Kemp as a number one pick going into this year, but I'm trying to determine what would be good trade value for him. Current offers are Beltray in the 8th and Michael Morse in the 13th. Uh, in one offer, and Granderson in the fourth in another. Either of them good enough to give up Kemp. Uh, does he say what pick he has in the first round? He says he believes he could get Cargo, Fielder, or Longoria.
1: Okay. So, to me, the the one that stands out is is Granderson in the fourth mm-hmm. round because beltrain eighth, Morrison the thirteenth. It's just a slight value, and and I'm not as interested. In that, for uh, less than elite players, um, so it's the difference between, I guess, having Kemp and whatever fourth round, whatever you could get in the fourth round. Well, how about this? Or, would you uh, rather
0: have Granderson and Cargo or Kemp? Isn't that what we're looking at here?
2: Well, plus as Scott says, who you would actually get in the fourth round? Yeah, but I no, I like the the trade for Granderson. I think you'll you'll come out ahead there.
1: So Granderson and or, or Longo. I guess I, I would probably go Longo or Fielder over Cargo. Yeah, I could see myself doing that too. It's 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 a closer call than it sounds off the bat, but I could see myself doing that.
0: Last question from SP. 5x5, five five, team mixed roto question. I was offered Brett Laurie, D. Gordon, and David Wright for Evan Longoria. Laurie, D. Gordon, and David Wright for Evan Longoria. Should I do this deal? My league plays two utility spots. Well, that
2: makes it a little more attractive um, to have both Wright and Laurie.
0: Two days ago, yeah, <laughs> two days ago, yes?
2: two days ago, yes, without skipping a beat.
1: But now I'm really thinking it over. See if it if it was if it was Longoria for just Laurie and Gordon. That sounds like a classic. Combine two guys try to get the elite guy, and I, and I wouldn't do that as the guy who owns Longoria, but. When you throw right in there as just kind of a throw-in, that's tempting. That's yeah. really tempting. I, I, Depending on what else I had to fill those positions, I, I think I, I, I would lean toward doing that, actually. You just talked me into it. Yeah. <laughs> Do I'm, doing, it. I'm doing this. Do it.
0: All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. We're not here on Friday, but we will be back on Tuesday with another podcast. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. All next week. We appreciate all the listeners. Send us an email, baseball at cbsinteractive.com. And go Michigan. Right? Go Blue. There you go. See you later.